Got to work today, so I don't have the, the luxury of time, but I know you're hungry for the news. You're hungry for what the creepy people in Japan. Do I have, don't have that many creepy stories today. I'm sorry. And I actually think I need to turn on the light to better see my notes. Whatever. We're not going to worry about it. We're going to power through because that's what we do. We power through. So a man decided it would be a good idea. Whenever I start, a man decided it would be a good idea. What I'm actually saying, because I do start, I use that phrase a lot. What I'm actually saying is, what mental process took this person to this point? So he woke up in the morning. This is always my, my story. Whenever we do like a weird crime, weird anything, is they woke up in the morning and they got to a point in the day where they're like, this is a good idea. This is what I'm going to do today. So this guy starts calling the police station on his mobile phone. And over the course of two days, he calls them 47 times. And he starts saying things like, the bomb has been completed. Very dramatic. Uh, I got a missile. I'm going to blow up your police station. So I'm betting we, we did it. <sighs> He claimed to have a homemade missile. He claimed to have a homemade bomb that he was going to use to blow up a police station. Now, we had the assassination of former Prime Minister Abe last year. And the guy who assassinated him used a homemade shotgun. I was blown away at the amount of work and effort it would take to make a homemade shotgun. Not only the shotgun, but the ammunition that goes with it. He had to make the ammunition, he had to make the shotgun, and it worked. That in itself was shocking. This guy is claiming to not only have a bomb, but also a missile that he's going to use to blow up a police station. Now, you may have noted I said he used his own cell phone. So that's going to be a pretty significant clue for the police when they backtrace that phone to find out who owns it so they can find the guy. Now, here's the thing. He was actually arrested a couple days after these phone calls were made for intimidation intimidation in a different case using the same phone. So the police arrest this guy because he's calling someone unrelated saying intimidating things. I'm not sure what. Find out the phone number is the same as the phone number that's been calling the police station, threatening to blow up the police station. He is now arrested for forcible obstruction of business. Paper cranes in Japan, in Japanese culture, symbolize peace. Uh, so burning them sends a different message. And the fire department was called around 6.30 in the morning uh, in a park. People had been hanging up paper cranes to symbolize peace. And someone else thought, hey, you know what's a good idea? Again, sort of the same deal. How does your brain get from, I'm going to get out of bed today and set shit on fire that symbolizes peace. Like it's just, so I'm always of the mind. I think the reason I don't fall into my baser instincts, it may just be laziness. Cause I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I want to murder everyone I know. And then I go, that's a lot of work. Maybe I should have breakfast. And then after I have breakfast, I'm fine. So all those dark thoughts, they're like, way more work than I'd be willing to put in maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just too lazy to be a psycho. Because yeah, if you think about psycho people, people who do psycho things, 
put a lot of work in. Maybe that's, I don't know where I've gone right. That it just be, I read a thing that if, uh, it did make sense that if we instituted nap time, it would end war. Because the idea is that all these people, they're all really angry. And then you take a nap in the afternoon and no one wants to get up from the nap in the afternoon and actually do war. I was like, actually, that kind of makes sense. The problem is people are very upset. Probably not getting enough sleep. They just need a nap. And this is on a similar tack that maybe maybe that effort is, is the effort. So if they would just relax and chill out or have a better breakfast, I don't know. So the police show up in the park. It's 6.30 in the morning. It's also like, what time did he get up, get dressed, and go to the park? Like five? Like maybe that's the problem is you're waking up so early you're in a bad mood. I certainly am not a morning person. Uh, not enough of a morning person that I would go set stuff on fire, but enough of a not of a morning person that I'm very cranky and rude to my family, which I honestly should apologize for. The police arrest this 23-year-old government employee who straight up said, I started the fire. Uh, we didn't have a reason. I do, again, I am always disappointed that we don't get the reasons. I get they don't get the confession and the reason right away. So it's always like I want to follow up. But these stories like this, they don't tend to get a follow-up, which is too bad. Because I would like to always know what's going on in your head that makes you think this is a good idea. The first man, the man who is threatening to blow up police stations and making threatening calls to other people, clearly just anger issues. He's just an upset, unpleasant, unhappy person. Uh, this guy who's 23 years old, he's a government employee. You had to know setting a bunch of cranes on fire wasn't going to work out for your day? I guess not. So I have learned uh, about yami baito. So it would be kind of translated to dark part-time job or dark job. So these are illegal. These are, these are job requests on social media. Uh, pushing, pushing is not right. Offers of committing crimes. So a couple weeks ago, there was a story about uh, three young men who didn't know each other, who robbed a Rolex store. And one of them got taken down and like beat up and then arrested. Uh, he said he got the job online. So the watch thief went online. Some guy said, hey, I'm putting together a crew to rob this Rolex store. And he like applied for the job and got it and then got arrested. There seems like a lot of extra steps there. There's no, in that case, there is no assurance that you have any support system. So I could think of a crime. I'm going to rob a Rolex store. I don't really need because they weren't you know this wasn't like oceans 11 where they're going to do some sort of scheme and need people with skills they went up to the rolex store smashed everything they could and grabbed what they could and ran away and he just didn't run away fast enough and got caught i guess the only legitimate benefit would be you don't know the other guys so you can't rat them out i guess but still there i would like more assurance in my crew like more support or value or something. I, I don't know. It seems to be missing that, that sort of team element that you actually want to be successful to work together well. Uh, there was a secondary crime. There was the man, I think we actually mentioned this one, a man who robbed a Pokemon store of 1,500 cars. That job was also posted on social media. So he came up from Okinawa, took the Shinkansen up to Tokyo, robbed this store. He goes the same day 
to meet someone and drops off the cards. And the guy says, go to this secondary location and you will get paid. He goes to the secondary location and no one shows up to pay him. So again, that would have been my first suspicion is I'm dealing with people who think crime is acceptable. Why would they not think that ripping me off was acceptable? So he had what it was, I think it was one point something million yens worth of cards. He handed them over and got no money, went to a secondary location, didn't get any money, didn't get paid. And then he got arrested and he probably can't rat out the guy for the guy on the other side of the social media. This is a great scheme. So I'm going to, I'm going to offer up these jobs. You do this thing. I will pay you make that promise and then just don't pay them. This is how crime works. It's almost like these guys don't really get how crime works. This um, poor dude, I guess I can't feel sorry for him. He had gambling debts. That's why he was looking for jobs on the internet. That's why he found his job to rob a Pokemon store. And that's why he did it. Uh, the cards were worth 1.15 million yen. Yeah. I mean, he's put himself in a bad situation. He's committed a crime and then had a weirdly honor among thieves crime committed on him. I guess I can't feel bad for him. He's kind of set up his whole life that way, but he clearly makes bad decisions. I was just about to give advice to criminals. If you're going to commit a crime, um, don't take someone else's job. Take a minute, sit down, think, what can you do? Where can you do it? And commit your own crime. Be independent and strong. Be the strong, independent criminal that we all know you can be. And at least then... You're not going to rip yourself off. You're still going to get arrested because let's face it, these criminals are not good. They're not practiced. They don't think about things. Again, a secondary reason as to why I would never end up being a criminal because I would think about, I know, I've thought about and read about crime enough that I know how many things have to go right for you not to get caught. And then like, let's say I stole the Pokemon cards. I wouldn't know where to fence them. Um, I'm not in the Pokemon underworld. I don't, I don't know what to do. So you have to almost be like established as a criminal to be a successful criminal established in a, in a certain seedy world. I know I don't have those connections. If I came across a bag of diamonds, it would make no sense for me to keep them because I wouldn't know how to fence them. And then as soon as I go find out, it's going to be an undercover cop who's going to catch me and I'm going to get in trouble. The only way I would be successful would be if I found a bag of money and tried to keep it. And then immediately my first thought is, can't spend all the money in the same place at the same time. So let's say I have a bag with a million or 10 million yen in it. My, <laughs> I'm now talking about my uh, launder. See, I don't know how to launder money, right? That's the problem. So I have 10 million yen in a bag. My thought was I'll take 10,000 yen out. I can't deposit in my bank account, even just like 10,000 yen because the serial numbers, they might have the serial numbers. Um, I can't spend a large amount of money because again, it'll, it'll get traced back to the purchase that I made. And I would have to explain that where that money came from. So my thought was over the course of decades, every time I'm in a different area, so I can't always use the convenience store where I work because, again, then they'd be like, well, this guy seems to buy stuff at this convenience store at these regular amounts of times. So all we have to do is post up a cop and then sooner or later he'll come in and buy the stuff and we can catch him and talk to him. Uh, so every time I go to a different convenience store, there are cameras, though. So that's it. I'm already kind of screwed. Where can I spend physical cash 
where I'm not recorded on a camera? Where can I, I use this money where I'm not going to get caught? It just doesn't work. So my, my thought is wait like a decade. So I have to wait for years and years and years. And then every time I go to a convenience store, I use a different 10,000 yen bill, but it has to be a different convenience store every time. Even with the camera footage, if it was busy, maybe I could get away with it. But they would probably be able to tell the person using 10,000 yen because they'd see the, the person hand out the change to me. So I'm already starting to see flaws in my incredibly simple plan where I didn't commit an initial crime. I just found money. How can I keep that money or use that money or launder that money? I can't. Unless I can find a place with no cameras and then use a bunch of it at one time. But then again, you can't do 10 million yen at one time. Yeah, I'm already like seeing so much failure in this possible plan that I have, which is the lowest level of crime possible. It doesn't work out. This is an explanation of why the world is doomed. Uh, Toyota as a company. I was very annoyed by this. I actually may never buy a Toyota car because of this. Uh, they invented the Prius, which is the, probably the most famous sort of first electric car. Maybe, maybe Tesla is more famous now, but everyone knows the name Prius because it was one of the first electric vehicles. But behind the scenes, Toyota was lobbying to keep internal combustion engines going. They have recently sort of made their plans. We're going to, and what they're saying is we're going to have multiple avenues of ways towards green technology. So what they want to do is have the internal combustion engine, so gas. They want to have hybrid, so gas plus electric. They want to have electric and they want to have hydrogen cars. Japan's really still stuck on hydrogen and the rest of the world hasn't gone that way, which is tough. Uh, I agree with this philosophically if I didn't know the truth. And the truth is what they're trying to do is keep the internal combustion engine because that's the most profitable one for them. Uh, and this is obviously going to be backed by gas companies and whatever. Toyota has been accused of trying to keep the internal combustion engine as opposed to pushing towards more green and cleaner technologies. Uh, the current aim is technically supposed to be zero emissions by 2050. Um, and then they made their announcements. Toyota shareholders rejected plans to better fight climate change. So Toyota was essentially celebrated by its shareholders for making the world a shittier, more dangerous, more likely to implode place. Uh, this One of the executives said, what is important is to better convey our efforts to shareholders. And that was the sentence that got it. Shareholders will always grab the short-term profit because that's what profits them. They are not thinking long-term. They are not thinking sustainability. They're thinking number goes up. Number, that's the only thing that matters. I have been recently shocked that companies like giant gas companies and companies like Toyota don't transition more smoothly. We, I did a C. McBee last time was a list of technologies or jobs or industries that don't exist anymore. Like the knocker upper was a great, just a phrase because we use that phrase differently now. And that was someone who comes to your door and knocks on your door at a certain time to get you out of bed. And that was replaced by the alarm clock. So you have this gas company, a giant corporation like BP, British Petrol. 
they knew in the 70s that fossil fuel was not sustainable over the long term. But they're like, well, we're just going to forge ahead. It would have made sense to me as an executive member of BP is like, let's maintain our gas corporation, but create a secondary BE, so British Electric, and start working on solar panels, start working on secondary technologies, because we know that this won't last. We've done the research. We've seen that in X amount of years, even if it's 50, 60 years away, that the business model we have now is not sustainable. So if we start transitioning now and we can be the first to do solar panels, we can be the first to do hybrid and slowly transition. When our original business model starts to fail, we have a new business model in place to dominate the market. How companies aren't thinking that way is shocking to me. So oil and gas companies not being the first ones to develop fossil, non-fossil fuel alternatives. I'm like, how are you letting other companies take over? Because when fossil fuels run out, your industry is gone. I mean, that's just, you know that. They knew this. They actually said this back in the 70s. I mean, let's not even talk about climate change. Let's talk about self-interest. The fact that you know that your business will die at some point, why would you not put steps into place? So keep making all your money now. Just take a little bit of that money to make a new business that goes along with yours. And then as the fossil fuels run out, you start to like ramp up the alternative energy collection. And then you're number one for fossil fuels and number one for alternative energy. And as that transition happens, you remain number one in both. Be like, you know what? All the people who worked for us in gas and oil, we're going to move you over to installing solar panels so people don't even lose their jobs or not as many when your entire corporation collapses and goes bankrupt. So this is the same thing. Toyota saying we want multiple avenues. I actually think technically that would be a good idea if you were doing it like we're going to move away from this thing that we know is dying out and go towards something that will be a more sustainable future. The shareholders going, yeah, fuck the environment if I make 20 bucks. That's why shareholders should not be allowed to make decisions. And yet that's how corporations are built nowadays, which is why we're all going die. This was weirdly inspirational, but again, it all goes to shit pretty quick. There's some people, uh, they're like trying to get you to vote for a certain politician. They come to your house. This is pretty common across the world. They knock on this woman's door. She's a police officer. And they say, oh, you know, we would like you to vote for this politician. And just thank you for your time. Here's two loaves of bread worth about a thousand yen, seven dollars. And I was like, holy shit, some expensive bread. Some really nice bread they gave off over there. Uh, Then later, this police officer woman with some sort of integrity goes, I actually accepted essentially a political contribution, which could be construed as a bribe. I'm going to go to my immediate supervisor and tell him about this present that I received. Uh, and go like, look, I think I accidentally accepted a bribe. So, you know, I think we should report that and make it very clear. And then she was referred to prosecutors. And she should be lauded for recognizing she did something wrong and bringing it forward. Because honest cops are a problem. So, like, I think a normal person would have gone like, oh, shit, I accidentally took a bribe. Or I took this thing and this could be construed as a bribe. So what I'm going to do... Just not tell anybody you need the bread. 
so hide the evidence in well, the most delicious way possible. And this this police officer is like, well, that would be dishonest. I'm going to go report this, be the best police officer I can be, self-report, which is something we want police to do all over the world and they never do. And then what happens? She she gets sent to the prosecutor. Now, again, the prosecutors might go, well, you know, let's take everything into consideration. You were honest about it. You made a mistake. You were honest about it. You brought it to our attention. We're not going to do anything. Although... Because it's an open and shut case, I bet they just go through with it because then it's like a dick on the, like, dick. It's a Freudian slip of some sort. That's like a tick on their board. Like, we have one more case that we've won. So I'm really disappointed with how this is all being handled because I would be like, she made a mistake, maybe pay the $7 back and then apologize. But I think we have one of the most honest cops in the world just standing in front of us. Maybe we should, like, encourage her to keep doing that. Total side story since I got uh, I've run out of stories. Uh, I once accidentally bribed a border guard when I was going into Korea. So I was in Ireland and I bought like six bottles of whiskey because I was like, I'll have to give it to friends. I'll have to give it to family. I'm going to join a judo club. I give it to the judo teacher. I bought non-export coal rain whiskey. And this is really just uh, uh, Bushmills. But it's the local stuff that they don't export. So I was going to carry this stuff that had never been outside the country. I mean, someone else has done the exact same thing. But the idea is that I'm going to take this non-export and bring it with me somewhere and use it as presents and gifts. So I think I had six bottles. And then I was at the passport control and I had the like, do you have anything to declare? And I was like, oh, it says you can only bring four bottles of alcohol into the country. So I thought maybe I have to pay some taxes, but I, you know, it's worth it. So I go up to the guy and he says, do you have anything to declare? And it's like, yes, I have six bottles of whiskey. And I took one out as an example and I put it on the table. And the man looked at me, took the bottle of whiskey. Dave was just being so sexy in the background. Took the bottle of whiskey, put it down under the table and said, go ahead. And that was it. And then I walked out and I was like, oh shit, I think I just accidentally bribed that guy. Because my intent was to show him the product so that he could you know, better assess it so that so that he could better assess it so he could charge me appropriately because it wasn't like the most expensive highest end whiskey but you know it was non-export i don't know if there's be an issue with that so i was like oh, i'll pay some one whatever i have no problem with that because it's or maybe you'll just take two bottles away and, and i'll just that's all i get whatever fine and then he, he took one so i brought in five i lost one which i guess was kind of my tax but I'm pretty sure that, that that never went into the system. I think that man just took that home. Uh, so accidental crimes are very much a thing. And it's very much possible. So please be careful. Um, and we should say thank you to that cop.